where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford Podcast. As we looked at last week, we talked about how difficult it is sometimes for us to wait. But remember, church, he's still with them. He's still present. You got me? He's still in front of them. They still see him. But then he says, hey, the reason I want you to wait is I got to go. I, I got to go. I, I got I to gotta, I gotta get to my rightful place. I got to go sit at the right hand of the Father. And it's good for me to go because if I go, then I'm sending a helper. And church, I just want to be real transparent. How overwhelming that must have been to hear those words. You got Jesus in the flesh. You got God the Son in the flesh. You got Jesus Christ, the miracle worker, life changer, I mean, way maker. I mean, you got Jesus in the flesh. And he says, it's good for me to go away. And you're like, what? Are you, are you okay? Like, no, you need to stay. And you remember what the disciples said, Lord, is now the time that you're going to rebuild your kingdom? And Jesus says, hey, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons. As we found out this week, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but since January the 1st, we have gone through summer, spring, winter, fall. There's no way for us to know the seasons. Amen? Just seeing who's awake. Some of you are laughing about that. I mean, it was 75 this week, and then it was snowing in Abbeville. Crazy. But Jesus says, it's good for me to go away. It's good for me to to leave. And he says, but I need you to wait, and I need you to wait because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. And boom, he's gone. And probably just like us, the disciples are looking around going, hey man, where'd he go? Can I just give a real quick truth? And this was not a part of my sermon, but when Jesus says he's going to do something, you can be guaranteed that he is going to do it. Can I get an amen? Amen. He's not setting them up. He's not, he's not punking them, okay? He's not joking them out. He is telling them, I am going away. And guess what? He went away. And the disciples are like, oh, where'd he go? And you remember? Two angels dressed, or two men dressed in white. I would only assume based on what Scripture says that they were angels. And they said, what are you looking into heaven for? He's going to return the same way he went. And church, where I want us to get to this morning is, is that they had a decision to make. Amen? 
the same way we have a decision to make. This morning, as we look at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26, what you're going to see this morning is, is you're going to see that the people of God right here in the New Testament church had a decision to make, and the decision was, am I going to do God's will or am I going to do what I want? Am I going to follow the teachings of Jesus or am I going to kind of go figure it out on my own? And church, I want you to understand something this morning. Every one of us in this room have decisions to make. And as we continue in Acts 1 this morning, we will see that there was a very important decision that needed to be made regarding the future. So I want to ask you this this morning. Have you ever had to make a big decision and thought to yourself, am I making the right one? When... When making that decision, most likely you wrote down the pros and the cons. You probably asked every what-if question imaginable. What if this happens? What if this person doesn't agree with me or us? You probably know other people who are faced with big decisions as well. And some of those decisions might be, should we adopt? Should we change jobs? Should we relocate to another part of the country? Some will decide where to go to college or graduate school. Some will consider making major purchases like a home or a car or even a business. Some are considering even getting married. I'm glad to know that you're considering that decision like you're actually thinking through that. I'm convinced today that so many people just get married because they think it's cheaper Tell me how that works out for you. Some even will make a decision to pull up roots and go to the mission field overseas. And the list could keep going. Every person you know will face decisions today as well as tomorrow and the next day. And the next day is so long as life continues. And so we have to ask the question when making decisions. What's God's plan for my life? I love it when people come into my office. Man, I just want to know God's plan. Fish, could you tell me God's plan? First of all, I'm not God. I can tell you what the Bible says about God's plan. And I want you to get it. It's real simple. Bring me honor and glory in everything you say and everything you do. That's God's plan. God wants you just to do what you're doing, and as you're doing it, bring Him glory. But we have to make it into a mathematical problem. We have to make it into a history lesson. We have to make it into a science project. We have to make it into all these different realizations. And all God is saying is, is just make a decision. And oh, by the way, trust my sovereignty. And in case you're new to the church and you don't know what sovereignty means, it's a real big word for this. God is always, has always, and will always be in control. And oh, by the way, you get to be a part of the story. Will you just think about this week for a second in the life of our church? I'm going to call him Sneed. His first name's Johnny. He's an officer with our police department. Just going through life, just chilling, doing his thing. 
probably drinking entirely too many Red Bulls, but ends up having the chest pains, ends up at the hospital, has got a 99% artery block, ends up in ICU, and I text him and check on him. He goes, oh, man, I'm good. If you have an artery in your heart that is 99.9% blocked, I said too many nines, by the way, but 99.9% blocked, you are not okay. Are we in agreement? Now, you just got to know Sneed. That's just Sneed. I have a conversation this week with a person in our church that tells me, hey, we've made a decision. We're going to move earlier than later. I don't know if you know this or not, but sometimes when our plans are changed, we kind of freak out. Have you ever noticed that? God, what am I going to do? 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 God's like, you're just going to keep doing what you do, and I'm going to keep doing what I do. But the problem is we want to play God instead of letting God be God. Can I share something with you? When I had that conversation on Tuesday of this week, that did not surprise God. Kind of make it a little more personable. If you are an Ole Miss fan, not saying you are, not saying you're not, okay? If you want to test your faith, if you want to test your devotion, become an Ole Miss fan. Not trying to be comical. I'm just being real. Our basketball team has struggled, okay? They beat Florida yesterday. God is still in the business of doing miracles, church. (laughs) Coach, I'm going to pick on you again. I mean, you left Lafayette County on Friday with a bunch of 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade girls, and you were going to play a powerhouse. and, and, And many said that the county school couldn't win two state championships in soccer. And guess what? Last night by 11 o'clock, they rolled around the square, shut it down with a big old trophy in their hand. Back-to-back state champions. The point that I'm making is, church, that this week there was life that was given. There was life that was taken. There were victories and there were losses. There were difficulties and struggles. But guess what? Every single person had a choice to make in that decision. Am I going to give God glory? Am I going to seek God's will? Am I going to be about eternity? Am I going to be about the gospel? Or am I going to be about poor, pitiful me? So I've kind of had something going on, and don't make jokes. I know I've always had something going on, but I'm saying I got some drainage and some sinuses. And so I go, and and the lady looks at me. She's so sweet. She said, oh, you got the flu. Could you be any more encouraging? Then she sticks this thing up my nose, way up in my personal space, okay? She comes back and says, you don't have the flu. Praise God. She gives me one of them big old shots called a cocktail. I don't know if you know this or not, but we're a little Baptist, we're a little Methodist, we're a little non-denomination around here, okay? So for regardless of where you fall and you think about a cocktail, there was not the kind of cocktail I was expecting. I'm telling her, she said, fish, jokingly, she said, have you been to China lately? I said, no, I am going to Peru in two weeks. So unbeknownst to me, she gives me a prescription for malaria medicine and forgets to tell me. So I go to Kroger's to pick up my prescription because when you have medical people initials by your name, it means you're smart. 
So I go pick up a Z-Pack. I go pick up something else. And the lady looks at me and says, $85.52. And I said, time out. She said, well, that's what they ordered for you. I'm like, cool. Praise God, Brian Rhodes is one of our elders. He is a pharmacist. We're sitting in our elders meeting on Wednesday night, and I've taken one of the Z, two of the Z-Packs because that's the instructions. There's these purple pills and a bunch of them. And, Doc, I don't know what they are. They're like tons of purple pills. And I'm like, you know, it says take one daily. Should I just take one daily or should I wait and ask the pharmacist what he says? And I looked at him and I said, Brian, can you tell me what this is? And he goes, are you going to Africa anytime soon? I'm thinking back to my conversation. I'm like, she asked me that I go to Ch- have I been to China lately, and I know why. And I told her I was going to Peru. I don't care how you put China and Peru together. You don't come out Africa. <laughs> and I go, Brian, would you speak English? He goes, this is malaria medicine. I go, oh, that makes sense. When do I need to start taking this? When do you leave? They told me what to do. The point that I'm making is, is this. We, if not careful, will follow decisions of other people. But if we're not careful, those decisions can maybe get us even worse off than we actually are. By the way, I know most of you care. I'm feeling a little better. But there's a decision that's about to be made in Acts. And it's a big decision. And this morning, as we look at making decisions based on God's way, the simple way of looking at this is this, that you got to believe in the people that are around. You got to believe in each other. Secondly, you got to believe in prayer. And third, you got to believe that God's leading. Let me explain. Look at verses 12 through 14 in Acts 1. These people believed in each other. Verse 12, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. Just a little study in this week. A Sabbath day journey means that it was about a half a day walk because on a Sabbath you weren't supposed to work. So you could not commit to an entire day's journey. So when it says they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away, many theologians mean it's about a half a day trip. And when they entered, verse 13 says, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and James, the son of Apollos and Simon, the zealot and Judas, the son of James. And here's what I want you to point out here. Luke is letting us know who is present. Because do you know this church? You don't know who's absent until you know who's present. Can I get an amen? I'm concerned that sometimes I am present, but I'm actually absent. Let me explain. I think sometimes I might be physically present, but in my heart, in my mind, I am absent. You need to be present. Amen. If you notice the list that I just listed, there's only 11. And then look at verse 14. We looked at this verse a minute ago. All those with one accord, all these with one accord were devoting themselves in prayer together with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So the first thing, if they're going to make a decision, they got to believe in each other. How do we know that they believe in each other? Because they're together. Not only do we know that they're together because of the list that's listed here. Look at what it says. It also says that they devoted themselves to prayer together. They also believed in prayer. Look at verse 15. 
In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, look at verse 24 and 25. We'll come back to these other verses in just a second. Verses 24 and 25. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and the apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. So the first thing is, is we see that they believed in each other. The second thing we see, they believed in prayer. And finally, look at verse 16 through 24, I mean, 23, they believed in God's leading. Look at verse 16. This is Peter, by the way. Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was uh, um, allotted his share in the ministry. Now this man acquired a field with which, with the reward of wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all the bowels gushed out. In case you were looking for a really soothing passage of Scripture this morning, there you got it. And the man acquired a field, and the reward of his, for the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all its inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akhlagladama or Akhlagladama. This field, it means the field of blood. I don't know why we couldn't just call it field of blood. We had to say some A hard word. And then Peter quotes two different passages from Psalms. Look at verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp be desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. Then look at the next part. Let the another take his office. So one of the men who had accompanied, accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up before us, one of these men must become with us a witness of his resurrection. And before we talk about those two men, what I want us to see this morning is, is not only did they believe in each other, not only did they believe in prayer, but they believed in God's leading. And guess what? What the enemy intended for evil, what did God intended for, church? Say it with me. Good. What the enemy intended for evil, what did God intended to be, church? Say it with me. Good. But have you ever noticed we're a bunch of people running around like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. And we're afraid because we're not trusting God. Anybody got an idea why God gave us prayer in the first place? You know the reason I think he gave us prayer? So we wouldn't mess it up. He gave us access to the Father who is sitting on the throne of God, who is holy and above every other God, no comparison to any other God. He is the one true living God, and we have access to God through prayer. And the reason it's important that they devoted themselves to prayer is they were about to make a big decision. Does it sound familiar, church? Have you ever noticed how we make decisions? We look at all the pros and cons. We look at the what ifs. We look at what is everybody going to say. And then we go, hey, God, what do you think about it? I'm guilty of this, church, as a pastor. Forgive me. Well, I guess we got nothing else to do but pray about it. 
You know how dumb that statement is? I guess I got nothing else to do. I'll pray about it. That's the dumbest statement on the planet. You know why? The first thing we should have been doing was what? Praying about it. Jesus, earthly king, miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper, has now ascended into heaven. They go on a half-day walk. You know how I know that that's why God chose them and not us? We too lazy to walk anywhere on a half-day walk. And by the time we got through walking a half a day, man, we would de- it'd be time for a siesta. We ain't going to pray. It wasn't the last thing that they did, church. It was the first thing they did. They went to the place where they were staying. They went up to the upper room. And what does it say they did, church? They prayed. If you got to make a decision, you better believe in prayer. Amen? Here's another thought. You better believe in the people that you're praying with. I don't know if you know this or not, but if I ask you to pray for something in my life, you and I are tight. You know why? Because too often you'll ask people to pray for you and they ain't ever prayed about what you asked them to pray for. And y'all know my philosophy about that. I see you in K. Rogers, that's another name for Kroger's. I see you in Wally World, another name for Walmart. You ask me to pray for you. Don't be surprised if I don't pray for you right there. People say, he's trying to be super spiritual. No, 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 no. It's called ADHD, okay? I'm trying not to forget what you asked me to do. True story, family, this is their second Sunday. They walked in, I'm drinking my cup of coffee, I'm going over my notes, and a dude looked at me, and I know he's not a dude, but I'm going to call him a dude, because that's what I call people that are called men, they're dudes, okay? And I looked at the dude, and I just said, he looked at me, and he simply said, I know you're not cramming right now, are you? And I was trying to be spiritual, because, you know, they guessed, this is their second Sunday here, and I'm thinking, well, might as well go ahead and do it. I mean, if they're going to hang around, they're going to hang around. If this is going to upset them, they might as well get upset. And he's sitting here right now. I looked at him and said, bro, you ain't got time for that. And I wasn't being disrespectful. All I was saying is, man, if you knew what was going on up here, you'd be trying to figure out to make sure that I was going to communicate what I need to communicate. Because if not, this might not be, this probably will be your last Sunday to visit community. I don't know if you know this or not, but when we make decisions, decisions don't just affect us. They don't just affect our spouses. They don't just affect our families. They affect our jobs. They affect the people around us. They affect the kingdom. They affect the gospel. They affect eternity. You see the importance of why you ought to believe in the people that you're doing life with, why you ought to believe in prayer. And then finally, you got to believe in God's leading. I'm so blown away how often we look at our life and we're like, man, God, I don't know if you're ready for this. And God's like, dude, I knew this before the creation of time. Go back with me. A deeper view of this is every decision we make should have a view of the impact it will have on God's plan for redemption. Hear me, church. Every view of this, a deeper view of this is every decision we make should have a view of the impact it it will have on God's plan for redemption. I want to ask you a question. Why do you think Peter was so 
pointed, so direct, so about getting to this business of taking a vote or figuring out who God wanted to replace Judas because the 12 disciples were a deeper view of just the number 12. They're 12 tribes of Israel. The word says that these men will sit on thrones and they will actually judge those 12 tribes, not 11, 12. There's a significance to the reason that these men are to be in the duty that God has called them. And there is an impact that will affect God's plan for redemption. Because I don't know if you know this or not, these were called the 12 apostles. You know how you become an apostle, right? You had to be present for Jesus' resurrection. I'm about to hurt some people's feelings. If you pass by a church and it says a possible John, Billy Ray, Smith, you don't need to go to that church because they lie to you before you ever get into the building. You cannot be an apostle unless you are there at the resurrection. Now, I get it. you like, well, I'm a sent one. I understand apostle means sent one, but you need to understand something. These men were sent not by the church. They were sent by the full living God himself, and he sent them to do what? To be disciples, to make disciples, and to do what he had called them to do. And guess what? You know why we're sitting here on February 9th, 2020, talking about them? Because they did their job. I got to be honest, I don't think about when I make decisions sometimes that they might actually, the decision that I make today might actually impact somebody a hundred years from now. Don't be looking at me like I'm crazy. You do the same thing. We make decisions based on what's it going to cost us? What kind of impact is it going to make? And am I, and, and, and am I, am I going to win? These men and women were making a decision that would impact 2,000 years later. Church, if I can just be real honest with you, we need to get back to thinking that the fact that we might make a decision today and the reason we ought to pray about it is we ought to ask God's agenda, God's authority over that decision because it will personally most likely impact somebody 2,000 years from now. Another deeper view of every decision we make based on Acts 1, 12 through 26 is this. How will it immediately impact the gospel? You see in Acts 1, there was an immediate impact on the gospel. There was a decision to be made. They didn't form a committee. They didn't sing Kumbaya, my Lord, 27,000 different ways. They returned to Jerusalem. They went into where they were staying all 11 were present, plus some women, and, and Mary, Jesus' mother, and his brothers. And oh, by the way, don't forget, James, his half-brother, is most likely in this audience. And he didn't believe in Jesus beforehand. But can I tell you something? When you see a resurrected Jesus, it's a little easier to believe. Can I get an amen? amen. And it says they prayed. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. 
And in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled with which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. My wife, because she's so amazing, looks at me this morning, kind of like the guest looked at me this morning and said, Are you cramming? The answer was not cramming. The answer was just going over what I said. And Beth goes, Hey, I got a thought for your sermon this morning. Babe, do you know what you just did? I don't have a lot of thoughts, but you start interrupting a thought that I might have, even though it's a really good thought. I might not ever get back to the main thought. But this is good stuff. Listen to this. Is those who are alive... For those who are alive, from the dead of your, from 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 dead of for, for yourselves to God. Meaning, if you are alive, you're dead to yourself. Do you see it? I don't know if you know this or not, but too often we think that we have no value, we have no worth, and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons of righteousness. You are under grace, not under law. And when I when I first read that, I'm like, man, that, that's deep. But can I tell you something? I'm not saying that we got to go kill ourselves, but we need to die to ourselves so that we can live for righteousness for God. Because too often when we look at Judas, we go, man, that was a mistake. Can I tell you something, church? The only mistake that was made there was is Judas had to have thought to himself after the fact when he denied Christ and he died and he woke up in hell. He had to think to himself, I have made a bad decision. We got any gamers in the house? What I mean is, is you play Xbox, PlayStation, computer, something. I I don't know what y'all doing, but y'all's heads are down at those monitors quite often. So y'all playing something. The point that I'm making is, is we like games. You know why we like games? Because if we don't like the outcome, we just start over. We don't play gun games at my house. Not trying to be political, not trying to be what you want me to be. We don't play gun games at our house. You know why? Because guns kill people. It's not a game. Okay? But the world that we live in is saying that death is not real. Church, hear me when I say this. Death is real. But death can be a good thing. Meaning that when you die to yourself and you live for His righteousness and you are His weapon and, and, and you become a weapon for righteousness in His hands, guess what? It means that... Number one, you can be used by God. Amen? You know, the other thing that I see about this story with Judas is, is that we are all replaceable. We're all replaceable. A deeper view of every decision you make should have a view of the impact it will have on God's plan for redemption. How will it immediately impact the gospel? What kind of internal impact will the decision have? I want to ask you a question this morning, church. Do you realize that the decisions that you and I make have an eternal impact? You're like, well, man, it wasn't that big a deal. Can I share something with you? Everything I do, everything you do as a follower of Christ, 
directly represents Christ. Everything we say and do has a direct impact on the eternal impact or the gospel or the internal impact. It has an eternal impact because people are watching us. A deeper view of every decision we make is that we should seek God in prayer. I love that it's not the end of what they do. It's the beginning of what they do. Ben, y'all go ahead and make your way back up. It says, seek God in prayer. They were doing that. And then finally, trust God's sovereignty. Go with me now to Acts 1. Verses 21 and following. So one of the men who have have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up for us, one of these men must become with us a witness of his resurrection. And they put forward two. Many would like to say, were there other qualified? I'm going to assume that if there were other qualified, there would have been more So therefore, these must have been the only two that were qualified. They put forward two, Joseph called Barabbas or Bersabbas, who was also called Justice and Mathetus. And they prayed and said, you, Lord, hear this, church, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. We got to seek God in prayer. Amen. We got to trust God's sovereignty. And then check this out. We got to make a decision and we got to go with it. You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and the apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. If I understand this correctly, this is the last time. This was a very normal thing that they did in the Old Testament, but this would be the last time that this was done based on the history of my understanding of the Bible. And look at verse 26, and it says, They cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Mathathus. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Let's make sure we don't get this twisted. It says in verse 26, when they cast lots on them. We're not saying that I go in a back room and I cut straws and we all get straws and we're all sitting around a circle and we go, all right, who got the shortest straw? Even though that would be our imagery of casting lots. Church, that if we believe in the sovereignty of God, And I want you to hear me say something, church. We at Community Church believe in the sovereignty of God. I mean, He was, He is, and He will be. He's in control of all things. And yes, our decisions affect eternity. Yes, our prayers affect eternity. Yes, what we consider in doing or not doing affects eternity. But church, every single one of us in this room who calls ourselves a follower of Jesus has been chosen by God to make decisions that will impact eternity. Will you let that rest on you just for a second? 
You know why prayer is so important? Because prayer is your lifeline to the Father. It is your opportunity to phone a friend in the midst of great circumstances and great difficulties. And you can call on his name. And guess what, church? He'll answer. It's important who you surround yourself with. Because if I'm pulling one direction and you're pulling another, then we're not going to probably have the kingdom on our heart. We're going to have a different way of getting there. And that doesn't mean you're right and I'm wrong. It just means that the people we surround ourselves with will affect the decisions that we make. And finally, when you make a decision... Go with it. You know when the enemy wins, church, is when we've prayed about it. We've surrounded ourselves with people that are praying about it. We have looked at what God's Word says about it. We've considered the impact that it's going to have on eternity. And we are knowing without a doubt that we need to make this decision. Then we make the decision. And you know when the devil wins, church? When we turn around and we go, I'm not sure if I made the right decision. I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. Church, can I tell you something? When you make a decision and the Holy Spirit is in that decision and God's Word is in that decision and prayer has been offered up in that decision quit asking did you make the right decision and live with that decision so what's God's will for your life it's simple bring him glory bring him honor bring him praise get on the bus And go with him wherever he's going and bring as many people as possible with you to get on the bus. Because we are going to make a victory lap. And it won't be for our fame. It'll be for his fame. So will you bow with me? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and you got a decision to make. And you're considering lots of different options. You're considering the what if option. Or what about this option? Or what about that option? And we just call a quick time out this morning and go, God, what is your option? God, what is your will? God, what is your plan? Would we just seek God this morning? Amen. And then would we surround ourselves with others who with one accord will pray with us that God's decision in our life will be for God's glory and God's fame and God's praise and God's hope and God's will and God's impact. And would we we trust His sovereignty? Meaning if he knitted you together inside your mother's womb and he knows every delicate detail about you, he knows what you need, he knows what you want, but he also knows what's best for you. Make the decision. And as the writer of James would say, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And he'll be reminded, you're not in Acts 1, church. 
You're in February 9th, 2020, and you got the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and it's empowering you, and it's leading you, and it's guiding you. Trust the Spirit of God to lead you to what it is that the Spirit of God wants to lead you to. And then let it be yes. Father God, I pray this morning that in these moments, God, there are people that are contemplating decisions, life-changing decisions, job decisions, career decisions. God, those decisions are huge, but God, there is a decision that must be made before any of those decisions are made, and that decision is, have I put my faith and my trust in Jesus? And God, I pray this morning, in this hour, in this moment, God, would, God, you would just bring salvation to this place, and decisions would be made for you. Because, Father, that's the greatest decision we'll ever make. And then, God, for all those other decisions, college, graduate school, adoption, marriage, kids, car, house, business, God, may we lay those at your feet. And may we say, your will be done, not ours. So you be the glory and you be the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.